Hey there, I'm Joanne Tambrakis, and this is Marketing, Mindfulness, and Martinis. Unfiltered conversations, or as I like to say, opinions shaken, not stirred, on what's changing and what's not in business and in life as we enter into the next normal. So pour yourself your beverage of choice, and let's get to it. Vince Rocco for over 25 years, long before he pivoted his career to real estate, where he is now a licensed real estate broker with Brown Harris Stevens. When Vince is not selling homes in New York, he is teaching aspiring new real estate professionals at the New York Real Estate Institute and hosting the number one podcast on the New York real estate market, Talking New York Real Estate. Now, Vince was my very first guest on this podcast, which was episode number two, which aired in 2020. And then he came back again for episode number 39. He is not a guest today. He is the host, and I am the guest in this replay of an episode that aired on his podcast in February, during which we discussed building your personal brand, along with a panel of other New York real estate pros. This is a fun, informative, and most definitely lively conversation I think you will enjoy. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the program up front today, building your personal brand based on the book, Getting Your Personal Brand Story Straight. For a real estate agent, building a personal brand is essential to success. You must also be able to communicate your expertise in the field and establish yourself as a reliable source of information for potential customers. First, you should identify and define your goals, skills, values, and passions so that you can craft an appropriate narrative about yourself. Next, create an online presence on social media platforms such as Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn, etc. That reflects the narrative uh, accurately. Leverage relationships with other individual uh, professionals to expand your reach while also creating meaningful content that demonstrates your knowledge of the field. Finally, review and maintain this narrative over time to ensure it remains up to date with current trends in the industry. The author of the book, Getting Your Personal Brand Story Straight, Joanne Tambrakis, is here today and we will get into all of it. But first, I'd like to welcome my listeners in the United States and around the world. You are listening to Talking New York Real Estate. I am Vince Rocco and we will have all that and so much more as the program gets underway on this very chilly Tuesday morning. With me today is Joanne Tambrakis, NYU professor, book author, storyteller, podcaster, personal branding expert, and friend. Do we need any more? I, I don't think so. It's kind of long. It's a long Ian Slater from Compass, Louise Phillips Forbes from Brown Harris Stevens, Patrick Mills from Core Real Estate in New York, and Daniel Blateman uh, unfortunately had to cancel at the last minute this morning, but happy Valentine's Day to you too, uh, Daniel. So, Joanne is founder and chief storyteller at One Woman's Eye Consulting and Training, where she helps build brands, digital first, considered an uh, an SME in personal branding, content marketing, and social media. She is also an assistant professor at NYU, where she has been teaching digital marketing, social media, and real-world courses in in the master's curriculum in the integrated marketing program since 2013, as well as at the Katz School of Business at Yeshiva University. In a previous life, she held senior management positions in media sales for CBS Radio and Time Warner Cable. Very, very accomplished. Wow. I'm exhausted just listening to this. List. <laughs> well, it's very impressive. Jeff Bezos, CEO of Amazon, says your brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. Your story is more than traditional elevator pitch. It is what people are saying about you online 
and offline. Dolly Parton says, find out who you are and then do it on purpose. I like that one. Oprah Winfrey says, you define your own life. Don't let others write your script. And Diane von Furstenberg says, the brand is you. It's your story. Right. So, Joanne, let me start with you. We are all professional real estate agents here in the room and quite accomplished, um, I might add. The best and the brightest. You wear many hats and have a practice in personal brand strategy, which is what we want to talk about today. Okay. You know our industry. How can you relate your book and what you do for us as agents to make us be more present? And how do we build our brand before interacting, you know, with the rest of the world? We have, you know, again, very successful agents here. Give us an, before we do a deep dive, mm-hmm. kind of give us an overview as to why personal branding is important. I mean, I know what I say to my students when I'm teaching continuing ed, mm-hmm. you know, everybody looks at me like, what do you mean personal branding? I'm just here, you know, trying to sell an apartment. No. Explain. Well, first of all, everyone has a brand, whether they're paying attention to it or not. That's really the first part of this. When I was starting out in the business, which was like, you know, 150 years ago, probably when Vince was as well, we just called it building your reputation. And that's really still what it is. You know, everything that you have done to date, Vince was reading my list of of what I've done. And it's good for me to hear it back every now and then, because we all have those moments where it's like, what what am I doing? What what have I done? And then you remember what it all is. But all of those contribute to what your personal brand is. The, The difference today is that it's not just these interactions we have when we're in person with each other. It's what happens online and how things show up online and how even in the online world, certainly in the world of social media, everything is changing as we speak constantly. I always joke with my students that if I taught something that didn't change as much, I wouldn't have to spend as much time every week before I prepare prepare a deck. So that's really what's key. And it's figuring out how you're going to share that and what parts of you you want to share. You know, back when I started... No one cared what my personal life was. That wasn't part of what my, it was my building my reputation, so to speak. But in today's world, people want to know more than just, oh, you're like, you know, you're a top salesperson in real estate in New York. They want to know a little bit more about who you are and connect with you. And that's going to be held true even more so now with this generation that's coming up. Because Gen Z is going to, you know, we thought millennials were changing things. Gen Z is going to change the world more than anybody has to date. They don't really know a world in which digital didn't exist. You know, they, they were literally born with a phone in their pockets. So that changes how we have to think about how we're showing up and how we're building that brand. How do you, in your mind, you know, think about personal branding when you're sending something out there, whether it's on Instagram or Facebook, I don't really care what the platform is, but what do you think about as Patrick before you push that send button or do you? Yeah, of course. First of all, thanks for having me. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. My pleasure. Um, I, I'm definitely with uh, Team Bezos here. I, I definitely agree that your brand, it, it, most importantly, is what people are saying behind your back or when you're not in the room. So we can project a, a certain brand. We ha- We can have our own strategy. But if it doesn't align with what people see in person and what they say behind our back then there's something definitely off and we're doing something wrong. So yes, I definitely think as I go to post a story, a picture, uh, that it's thoughtful, that it's authentic to who I am, not just as a broker, but as a person, Mm -hmm. I I take that very seriously. I think every post 
every time we put something out into the universe or the metaverse, um, oh, it should be thoughtful and it should be it should obviously align with who we are as as uh, a real estate broker person and align with our brand. Sure. And, I, and I think there's a uniqueness in what you do, because for me, if I was to be, of course, I can't afford these twenty five million dollar houses that you harvest you just sell. Um, <laughs> But to have a relationship with a broker is a personal relationship. You're helping mm -hmm. people find a home. Absolutely. So there's it's and and a lot of people can do it well. You know, everyone in this room is very capable of equally selling somebody a good apartment. But it's that personal connection and the way we can express our personal brands today allow us to make that connection. You know, I like him. He see I like what I'm right watching this video of 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 you and I see this this is a person I can connect with. Because we are looking online. Everyone is researching, no matter what it is, from, you know, a, a coffee cup, new dishes for your apartment to something bigger. We're researching online before we actually meet. But let, let's talk about personal connection, though, because I think that if you want to be successful at posting, if you want to be successful at having some kind of presence on the social media platforms, and again, it doesn't really matter which ones they are, it's okay to mix, commingle uh, for lack of a better word, a little bit of your person or personality and a, a little bit of your work. Because I think people want to know, as you just said, they want to know who you are. Mm -hmm. And they want to say, you know, first of all, in our industry, we're flooded with, I don't even know how many agents, 35,000, maybe more. I mean, it's insane when you think about the number out there. Of course, not everybody is working, not everybody is successful. But if you want to stand out in the crowd, you have to come up with some way to get your postings seen, recognized, uh, and and I, I would hope appreciated. Yeah. So I I'm realistically think that, like, I've been doing this since I was 22, right? So right out of college. When he's, I was, like, 25. He's 23. I'm 31. Oh, so <laughs> when I was, like, 25, I realized if you're going to be pseudo active on social, like, you just have to blend your personal life and your professional life in full. And I think Correct. that's unique to being a broker. Like, mm -hmm. you don't really care what your dentist is doing on the weekends, but you people tend to care about what their broker is doing. And you also realize that we get business from everything we do. Right? We get business from, like, the gym or going to a restaurant or mm -hmm. referrals from going to an art gallery. You don't really know. So you just kind of have to be like, okay, what is – who am I? What is authentic? I'm not going to try and stretch myself – into something I'm not and then just kind of live that right and realize that the majority of what all of us do is work so I'm just like when I'm thinking about posting something I'm like pretty actively want to think about work I'm not really showing off that much about what I'm doing in my leisure time because I want to portray you know the the kind of vision that I work all the time that's helpful for me hmm. but uh, but you do pe people still want to know like they want to know about my wedding they want to know a little bit about travel but you also have to be sort of careful because I look at other brokers too and I'm like this person is traveling all of the time right <laughs> or like this person seems to not ever be working when realistically like they could just not be posting while they're on a really long real estate tour right. I will also completely pivot against that and say I'm noticing now that like in the past decade, it was very important to be super loud and active and in people's faces and try and stand out from the crowd like you just said. But I'm realizing now people post on Instagram a lot less, mm -hmm. right? It's kind of dying. Yeah. Facebook has completely died mm -hmm. for it's people it, of my generation. It hasn't. People go on TikTok, TikTok, but like people look at stories, right? And pretty much stories only. And a lot of the best top, like top, top brokers are actually totally silent. 
And like, that's kind of more their brand is that they're going to be secretive and you don't know what they're doing. And like, it gives them this extra kind of allure. That's like, I was going to, what do you have? It's almost the opposite way. I'm glad you brought that up. I was going to ask about that. So some of them are very silent and you don't see them or you don't hear from them. You don't see what they're up to work wise or otherwise. Is that a good strategy? Have you ever heard the term like move in silence? Yeah. And let the people do the talking. Yeah. It kind of works if you do it correctly, but you have to be very efficient at the press at that point. Like you're still getting the word out there, but the press has to do the talking for you if you're going to take that approach. People still have to know that you're doing big deals. I Go ahead. I mean, I, I will just say that for myself, I have never thought of doing things for my brand. Other people have brought it to my attention because what for me is that I always wanted to live large because I'm no wallflower, but, but also it's, it's, to me, it's, I feel like my home is where the rest of my life is built from and that I'm not a pushy person. I actually prefer to attract than just be somebody built on promotion. I agree. I, I, I am terribly dyslexic. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm very humbly, I've been humbled most of my life through that obstacle of overcoming that. And and through that, I didn't realize that my my spatial memory is like Rain Man. So my con, my obstacle became my works. gift. And and that I, I also felt it was very important to give back. I was raised in a philosophy where, you know, you, if you give it away, I used to think if you give it away, you won't keep it as a child. But if you give it away, there's abundance everywhere. That means my generosity of knowledge. That means all of those things. And that that is actually, I woke up one day 20 something years later and I have a brand that's built on being an educator and being generous. But see, that's you're doing it in the pure sense of what digital and social is all about. But most people aren't doing that. So in, in, when you think about this, and I've been doing this for a while on this digital end of things, is that if you're doing using all these tools correctly, you will attract, you will pull people towards this. It's the difference between marketing before that was all about push, and this allows you to pull. If you're doing it in the right way, you're being honest and it's working for you like mm-hmm. that. But what you see, and unfortunately, and you're going to see it with a lot of brokers and some brokers like car deals will get bad names about things, it's too pushy. Mm-hmm. Big brands are doing it. They same technology, except we're pushing our message out. So there, there is that balance in there. To what you said before about Instagram and, and Facebook dying, they're not dying when you actually look at the data. It depends on what part of the world that you're in. And Facebook is where people get their news in certain parts of the world, which is kind of exactly. crazy. Just like my sons get news at TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> exactly. Just saying. But, it, but yeah. it is changing. There is something changing in real time right now. I deactivated my Twitter account right before the election in November because I had it. And I had 5,500 followers, which is not great, but it's not bad. Um, But not that I miss it at all, but you're seeing this shift that's happening. And the other thing that you have to think about is there's two things in there. You have to have some digital presence. Maybe it's not social media, but someone needs to be able, they put your name into a search engine. They have to be able to find you. And you also need to be choosing the social networks that you, based on who you want to reach. Absolutely. You know, if you want to reach Gen Z, then you really need to be doing something on TikTok. Mm. Not that they have the money to spend on these apartments yet. Today. 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 But they will. But they will. Right. And um, so it depends on where on where you want to go. So And you do have to slightly alter how you're posting 
depending on the network. Yeah, but, I'm not the same person on LinkedIn that but, I am but, but, on Instagram. But get, getting back to what Ian was saying before, so if, if someone chooses not to be on a platform mm-hmm. or, or any of the social media platforms for whatever reason, some of the top stars in our industry, as you said, I think they need to go to find other media to kind of help them get their message across or not. What I say to people all the time is, you know, we used to, we're old enough to remember, you know, box ads in the New York Times that used to cost a fortune, you know, for a little apartment that was on sale for open house. And it told you nothing, right? It gave you the the uh, the address, maybe, uh, you know, my name and contact info and the price. You had to call me to find out. So that we paid for that. Social media, I tell people all the time, whether you like it or not, it's free. So you've got to kind of embrace it, correct? Now, if they're not doing that, where else do they get their message? How else do they get their message out there? I I can't, you know, no one's no one's going to want to pay for anything anymore. Right. I mean, I have a budget I don't think I've used in three, four years. I mean, for what? There's two, first of all, organically on social media, it's very hard to do anything that's going to be effective. You can have an evergreen campaign going on and just have a, a minimal presence. But if you had it's something specifically that you really wanted to push, you yeah. have to spend money. Yeah. The algorithms are designed to make you spend money because that's... That's how Facebook and Instagram all and, and all of them, they're, they're all ad-supported platforms. No one's paying to be there. So there is a degree if you really wanted to push a particular development or something was happening. But in terms of your ongoing presence, then that, that, that's a different story. I don't know how people are going to get found. You need to have digital proof. You need some social proof. Do you guys get clients from social media? It doesn't have to be social media, though. It, you still need no, no, no. I know, but I'm saying if you're on social media platforms, do you get clients? Yeah, I, all the time. I, I do. I do all the time. I do. Yeah. I mean, and and I, I will I will say it's more it's interesting to me how well known in the last decade I would say I've become known to the brokerage industry. Mm. Well, look at your little video snippets of the last <laughs> what year or two. I mean, they're genius, right? Anyway, and, so well, but they are. Sometimes they should be a little more about real estate. But honestly, I'm not interested no, no, in no. always being real estate. Right. I agree. I'm interested in holistically who I am right. and attracting the right fit mm-hmm. because I don't need to have every deal. There's plenty of business for everybody. I would rather be attracting people who appreciate exactly who I am for my better and worse. Well, and again, that's my thinking about social media. They have to get to know you. They have to get to see you. They have to get to mm-hmm. say, hey, I think when I'm ready, even the Gen Z guys and gals, when I'm ready, I'm going to remember these people mm-hmm. or this person because mm-hmm. I like what I see. I agree. It does not always have to be um, real estate related. And sometimes there are people out there who it's only real estate related and it's boring. I think the other way around, actually, I'm more of like an 80% lifestyle or yeah. then real estate. Well, your and stuff by is the great. Way, you do Thank estate. you. What? I have to go follow all. I should have followed all you people. No, but your time. stuff is really good. Thanks. But because I kind of Thank relate much. to the personal stuff in addition to the work stuff. And then when there's something important about the work stuff, you just kind of throw it out there. Right. And people know who you are. That's how that works. Right. And then they're still in, they're still intrigued because it's not too predictable. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I it shouldn't be predictable. It really shouldn't be because <laughs> then people get bored. And Correct. They, the algorithm keeps you from seeing each other. So let's drill down a little bit. So keeping all this in mind and keeping personal branding in mind, I'm, I'm just so big on personal branding and it's astounding to me how people just don't even get what that means. Well, people don't like the term because they it don't like pushing. the term. Right. And, and really, you know, when, when I teach marketing, I tell my students everything you're learning that you could use for a big brand, you can use for yourself today, 100%. which is not the way it was. Prior to this. Yeah, I tell people ago, all the time in done. class, when you go to the grocery store or the department store, I don't care where you go, we're all brand oriented. 
we tend to buy the same things over and over again. Same butter, same milk, same clothes, same, whatever, right? That's a brand. And someone behind the scenes at that brand has created something that you like or you relate to, right? So when I try and get the students to understand, so you need to do this in your everyday life, everyday life in your um, in your postings and in your business, whether it's business or personal. And they, they, you know, you can see the steam coming out of the rear. It's like, well, well, how do I do that? So my question to all of you is, how do you define your goals, skills, values, and passions in a way that you can get it across the platforms and people will then pick it up and understand it? How do you do this? For myself, again, I, I feel that I articulate and share my truth, my story. I mean, people know I had a lot of loss in my life mm -hmm. and very young, my brother and my mother and father and a boyfriend before I was 40. And, um, and that made my home that much more valuable to me mm -hmm. because I, I am a nester. I unpack in a freaking hotel room for one night. <laughs> um, I, but, I don't. <laughs> but, but, but moreover, you know, it matters to me where I'm investing my time. And I, and so, so I felt that it was very true. So at one of my first, um, after my brother passed away, I bought an apartment for the first time for myself. And I realized that I had been waiting to share my life with a guy and I mean, I'm Southern, so, you know, it's like we're barefoot and pregnant by like, you know, 18, 19. <laughs> but um, but I, I'm joshing. OK, maybe I should strike that. Strike that. But anyway, my my so I woke up and I gave myself this incredible gift and I found that I attracted incredible, accomplished, creative women in their 30s, in their 40s, that had come to New York and put that stuff on hold to become who they are today, and that it was a gift to to share that with them. So that was like one of my first moments of identifying how my story could influence who I inspire or connect with or touch. On social media, do you all have goals? Because I think that if you don't have a goal or if you don't understand what you want your message to be and it's just kind of willy-nilly hit the send button and whatever, goals or just kind of, you know, do it as it comes along? What's what's most important? I, I, think. I think it. I, for myself, it depends. You know, I've been working on a book that I still haven't finished on write, how to write a pitch because oh, nobody I started one two years ago. Nobody I'm said, I, it's close. <laughs> I keep saying it's close. But when that book is done, there will be a goal for me to spread that word and to use my social contents, well, my online and my offline contacts yeah. to make that happen. But, you know, I don't necessarily wake up every morning with a goal. I share things that are part of who I am. Yeah. Right. And Sorry. and and that's I so I guess it goes back to. Knowing your story is knowing who you are. And that's what people don't want to do. You know, it's like, who, you know who you are clearly. Mm -hmm. You have a really, it seems like everyone in this room does, but not everyone takes the time to ask those questions. Like, who are you? What do you do? Why do you do it? Well, and there you go right there. Well, I'm going to I'm gonna say, I don't know if everybody in the room, and I'm not singling anybody here, but do we all know who we are? I think it's different. That It's, it's also different knowing who you are, knowing how you're interpreted, right? right. So mm -hmm. I, I have a... I have a head of marketing that works only for my team, and she's actually been so helpful in identifying that in like identifying how people interpret me. Right. Which is different, frankly, than how you think of yourself, like how I interpret you is very mm -hmm. different than how you interpret you, probably just because yeah, of my absolutely. background and different. Right. So yeah. being able to That's say, interesting. I don't That's really have goals of like, I want X number of followers. I want this. But there's more of like a check in revisit. Are you putting out things that are really taking you to your goals? 
Right. It's more like, what are your goals in the work? Or well, it's life? also value. To me, it's, then, it's about providing value. Well, are you, are you, are you value off the ball? that is, yeah, that's also and so true. I can't tell you how many people, when I talk about being dyslexic, and by the way, being a mother is like, how do I teach my children to be, my, my men, my, my two sons to be good people? It's by living and walking and talking your talk and taking a high road Mm -hmm. in difficult moments. And I have not been perfect, but, but, but it is in the humility of saying, I am definitely wrong and I am so sorry. And being able to say you're sorry and continue to learn, that's part of what I think giving value to people is reminding people that also. Correct. But I still go back to, you know, who are you? Okay. And I'm telling you, I stump people every time I ask this question or begin, you know, in, in a class situation, who are you? And you can see, again, the steam coming out of their ears because I think people for the first time are saying, oh, so he's asking me who I am. Well, I know who I am. Well, do you really? Okay. So you finally figure out who you are. Then how do you get the message out there? I agree with you, Ian. You know, the goal should be the work goal. You know, what you want to accomplish in your day, your week, your month, whatever, your year, and then kind of map your your stories or your postings work-wise to all that kind of stuff. You call yourself, Joanna, storyteller. Okay, one of the titles, you know, that that you've you've said for years. Why is being a storyteller important? And I'll tell you this, when I'm teaching my social media class, I when we get to the storyteller piece, I say to students, so think about your favorite newscaster, whether they're the anchor or the reporter or whatever, why do you constantly watch that person or why do you admire that person maybe more than anybody else who, you know, falls into the the, the television screen? And I say the reason I do is because that person who's talking to me is telling me a story. They're not just, you know, rattling off facts, not just standing there with a mic in their hand and being boring. They're telling, they're wrapping all of these facts Mm -hmm into sort of a story. So explain that for us, please. Well, first of all, story, if you do using story correctly, if you're using story correctly, it's your, it literally changes brain chemistry because it gives you that connection. So you're talking about your story with dyslexia. That was something people weren't talking about out loud. So it's a place for people to connect with mm-hmm. you. I call myself a storyteller and I will say before it became a trendy thing to do, because when I first left corporate, which was in 2008, I I was doing so many different things and I needed a word that was going to describe everything that I was doing. And I had been in sales for 25 years. I sold advertising and maybe equally a tough business is what you folks have. But for me, I never really sold anyone anything. It was I always told them a good story that convinced them that whatever I had to, to sell was something that was worthy of them. When I'm teaching, I use story. Otherwise, I would you know, I have a bunch of graduate students that would sit there with their heads in their phones, which I'm trying not to allow. It's not working so well. But we all have a story, right? We all have. A, well, you know, again, we all have a story. But I call myself a storyteller because I write, I teach and I sell. Those are it all encompassed in one thing, because that's how I view everything that I do. Mm-hmm. And we do all have a story. We're writing it right now. This is part of our story. I know it's just we don't always think of it like that. We're starting writing our story be- from the day we're born. And people don't, you know, the brand is not a thing. And I think that's a living thing. Exactly. I think that's why people get screwed up when you say personal brand, because we think it's like a product. It's like the glass sitting on the table and it's not, it's not a destination because it constantly evolves. You know, who I am today is not a hundred percent of who I was, you know, 10 years ago. Uh, I, I agree. But, but storytelling, I think 
Well, I totally agree with that, but I think it changes and it evolves it as evolves. time goes on, Absolutely. which leads me to think about content and why content uh-huh. is important. You know, when we read real estate listings, right, and and I say to people all the time, you're going to write more than three or four sentences, I stop reading, okay? And maybe that's because I'm an agent and I kind of know what they're trying to say anyway. But don't talk to me about ca- uh, marble countertops and the, 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 right. whatever. I, who cares? Give me the, the nitty gritty. Give me the sexy something about that apartment. So for me, content is key. Content, and content is, is everything. That's, I think, what's going to grab anyone reading, real estate agent or not, to say, oh, I think I'm going to call so-and-so because I th- – and, and agents as well, not just not just consumer out there who's looking at these things, but agents as well. I mean, I read some of these things and I say, wow, that's really well written and maybe it is six sentences, <laughs> but it's it's okay. It's okay. So content, I think, rules Anything you're putting out there Absolutely. on social media. Absolutely. Content is and I, I, I also think that before you post, I think adding value, it's like sometimes it's just mm-hmm. cocktail trivia. It's cocktail trivia and Correct. interesting. Absolutely. That's the value. It's interesting. But I do think that they are some experts in our industry who end up talking at us. And that changes my perspe- my perception of that individual because there is, it's, it's, you're not, you're not adding value especially as a new yorker no one no new yorker likes to be <laughs> talked at talked or, at no, or, nobody or likes given the heart nobody likes to be talked at we want to be talked to and that's part of what what you have that ability to, to 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 do you know i'm thinking right now because matthew cohen who i met the last time i was on here he did a fantastic video recently mm-hmm. he did he yeah. did a walkthrough and i when i saw it i thought i have to remember this for when I was i'm teasing on the show about it last night actually but he he walked people through an apartment that you know i could not afford without a doubt however he brought himself into it in a way that's like you know let me write this guy's name down because when i'm one an apartment he's somebody who i could connect with he showed that he was more than just someone who's trying to get you to buy something. And by the way, that and, was and his first really video, did by it. the way. He, he did such a fantastic job on it. And that's the, the football. Kind of, I can never And it did you have can, value. You can be in your kitchen and, and, and watch the football. I'm like, Matthew, really? <laughs> <laughs> football? <laughs> football sport? <laughs> Whatever. He, he did a great job with it. And, and Bye. It Bye, Ian. Has to leave us early. Yes. Thank you. Bye. So how, so figuring the content, figuring the personal brand, how do you um, work the relationships that really go on with your social media postings? Like people say to me all the time, oh, I get so disappointed because I don't get enough likes. I get so disappointed because I don't think anybody is really looking at my stuff. But yet they are. You just don't know it. If you dig into the analytics, if you have a business page or whatever, you can see the amount of hits on, on a particular posting. And it's not necessarily about people liking it or not, because in my world, I've realized that most people aren't going to like your stuff and I don't really care. You know that they see it. Mm -hmm. So, and then you start leveraging or working the relationships of sometimes people out there that you don't even know of, but you know, who's sort of in your, you know, your, your friend, you know, liking whatever. Mm -hmm. Do you get stressed over that or do you kind of, you know, just work it every day or just not even think about it? The the best way, excuse me, the best way to work that is, to make sure you're following back that you, whoever's following you, you're following them back. I know it's, you know, in Instagram world, it's a bit of a faux pas to have uh, uh, less followers than fo- than to follow others. Right. Um, but I, I think that's the best way, at least on social media, to engage. Make sure you're following them back. If they message you, make sure you 
respond not just with one mm-hmm. word answers that you actually start the conversations because you never know where that's gonna go and that I mean it's much better return on investment than sending out a thousand mailers like you you already have your target audience you're already having a conversation no no phone call needed um, and from there you can really cultivate amazing relationships and which will hopefully lead to business. Well, and, and what you're doing by even responding to comments is something that big brands don't do all the time. Right. And that doesn't it doesn't foster a sense of connection and value that we and engagement. Right. Engagement. And it's what you and education. You know, there's a lot of stuff that you guys can educate people on because even so much even something as small, <clears throat> excuse me, as a neighborhood. But that taking that time to engage back and also to use the right hashtags in there so that maybe you're coming up in search tag searches, especially on Instagram, um, that you're coming up in searches for people because people are using social media as a search engine as well. This well it's is- also out the algorithms of it are are steering whether you if, if you're using the hashtags. Right? They're helping they're helping you a little bit because the algorithms are are designed to to force you to make and, money. And, and to your point, John, the a lot of big brands don't respond. No, they don't. But the ones that do, I mean it's so cool when a, so a brand cool. yeah. or if you check into a restaurant and they they yeah. say thanks for coming on your um, mm-hmm. On your post, I mean, it's, it's that, that's that, very cool. I'm a day so late and a dollar short, short on all that. He, he's so correct, and I tell people all the time, you know. So when you are posting something about whatever, and you go to a restaurant in that neighborhood all the time because you like it or it's popular, mm-hmm. just tag them yeah. because they will see that and they will probably make a comment on your page. Hey, thank you for the you know the the nod. Thank you for mm-hmm. coming. Whatever it is, and people start to see that. So now maybe that <clears> changes. <throat> You know, the whole flavor of your posting, you know, I always say you you, and and the narrative of you. And it's so hard to explain, though, but you and your listing or your posting, whatever, has to kind of blend together. And when you bring in things like neighborhood restaurants, neighborhood theaters, whatever it is, a, a, a popular bar, people start to see a little bit more about you through the listing content or narrative that you're writing. I think when I read that kind of stuff. I'm like, okay, I get it. I may not even know that neighborhood. Now I do. Mm-hmm. Or I might not have ever heard of that place. For sure. But now I do. So it's kind of always thinking. I don't think it's easy when you're really working social media. But I will tell you, and I tell this to my students all the time when I'm teaching social media, that my first show, Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince, started with an audience of one. Okay, my brother, one of my brothers, because he knew I was doing the show and he listened that day, whatever. By the time we ended that show seven years later, we were up to 45,000 listeners per week. 45,000. You want to talk about a reach? That's incredible for a podcast. When podcasting was really just beginning. Yeah, right. sure. No one even knew. I didn't even know what the hell a podcast was. (laughs) When I was recruited, I said, what the hell is a podcast? Seriously. The reason I bring that up all the time in class is because... This is what social media can do for you. Mm -hmm. If you do it right, if you do it consistent, this can happen. Well, it's also about sharing content. So you're all in this room and you're on a podcast about real estate. You've got a piece of content to share and people can hear your voices Mm -hmm. and not just see the image. And there's, and there's, I'm very big on audio, maybe because I started my career in radio, but there is a connection that happens through audio that people are like, okay, now I know a little bit more about how this person is. And there's maybe I'm going to call them to be my real estate agent. It's interesting. I recognize people's voices 
so on uh, and and I'm like, wait, I think we've spoken before, and I'll back into it, and it's like you. So true. So it's just it that that connectivity and how we respond to it visually and auditorially is very different. I feel the same way. All right. So what makes a good story? Because sometimes we sit there and we scratch our head and we say, oh, I got to post something. Or the producer used to say, got to post, you got to post, you got to post. You've got to cook some more. Because when you <laughs> post your cooks, your cooking, I literally want to come. Everybody does. But but thank you. But <laughs> but but it's like- You what? need to do videos on the cooking. Uh, I need help. <laughs> that would be fun. It would be fun. But, yes. but, but, but what makes a good story? And so- when I'm sitting there sometimes thinking, you know, when the producers say, you got to post, you got to post, you got to post, I'm thinking, how much more can I freaking post? But that's to get the word out there, not for me, but for the show or whatever else. But the bottom line is, so then you sit back and you start thinking, all right, so what should I post? Why should I post it? And are people out there when they see that post or story, whatever it may be, are they going to say it was good or worthy or valuable or whatever? To me, that's stressful. Yeah, because but I don't I, ever but, want to put but, anything but out there that's it, not good. And I, I think I, well, I was just going to say, but but again, if you you are one of the most generous people I know, so that so you always share and put it out there. You invite us in to be a part of this sharing moment. And that's what I was so say, yeah. I think that when you stand true to who you are, it's always good. One hundred percent. Because and it's genuine. That's your story. And I think what you're your over, overthinking. I'm sorry. Oh, no, exactly. I, th- I mean, you're, you're driving say. yourself crazy. Yeah, I am. And, and, <laughs> well, that, but, but if you think of the the, the best uh, brands out there, the best commercials, it's usually the simplest stories, straightforward. I mean, look at Apple. Look at Amazon. They have very simple, um, uh, recognizable icons, brands, and a lot of their advertisements are... Simple, straightforward, and usually a little heartfelt or a little cheeky, right? Which mm-hmm. you do a lot of. You do a lot of cheeky, <laughs> yeah. Uh, wink, wink. Think, fins. Um, <laughs> but it's no. I, I think no, any, anyone, right. who, anyone, anyone who overcomplicates it makes it complicated. Yeah, you, you, can't, you can't think too much. You're a great storyteller. Well. You know um, how to tell a story, but you're you're overthinking it for your own. And I think I am, but hopefully, I think I agree with Patrick. But hopefully, by the time I hit the send button, you know the overthinking kind of stayed back there, and whatever went out there might be more genuine. I started a series, um, I don't know, a while ago on classic television stuff, mm-hmm. and I thought, oh, talk about cheeky. I mean, really, also showing my age, the Brady Bunch and the Parches family and the whatever else. But I have to tell you something. People say. What are you doing? And I said, oh, well, just being me, right? Here's the thing. The amount of DMs that I get every time I put one of those classic television older mm-hmm. show, amazing. Mm-hmm. Vince, they don't put it in the comment section, of course. I don't want to be identified, but I used to watch that show. I used to love that show. I love David Cassidy or whatever. And I'm thinking, Okay, so it's right. I think yeah. that, right. I think sometimes a lot of it's nostalgia that's very popular, even with the young people right now. Nostalgia. 100%. I don't understand why because I lived through it. And some of the young people don't even know about the shows I'm posting, no, but they they're looking at they it don't. and saying, "Oh, okay." I, I think also that that sometimes it's important to remind ourselves that it's really with social media. And I tell my children, who are 17 and 19, it's like it's really easy to compare your insides to other people's outsides, and that uh. you have to find that center that's your truth so that you enjoy instead of instead of thinking FOMO like I'm missing out I'm missing out and I think that sometimes when we overthink that and you come from your kind of spirit you know uh, it's something for us to just remember that 
our insides are not other people's outsides. My overthinking sometimes I think is just, you know, insecurity or or nerves or like I, because. But I love that that's like that to me is <laughs> so normal, right. genuine. But I, and I work so, it into being more genuine. But if, and you, more, if anybody think, was to I meet hope. you on the street, they would be like, you insecure? Are you kidding me? <laughs> so but that's 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 great. That's like you walk through. It's human. Your, yeah. yeah. Right? That's human. But it translates, I hope, in a way that people say, and I love what you said, mm-hmm. some of some of it being cheeky. It is. Oh my God. But it's, We can't take ourselves too seriously. No, no, <laughs> no. me? Never. No, never. But but it's fun and it's interesting and it keeps people's attention. <laughs> so then when you do post that real estate something, right? It's like, oh, Okay. And a lot of real estate agents say to me, but I, you know, I don't have a lot of listings. I work more with buyers. And you said it before, Joanne, it's not only about the listing that you're posting. Educate people on a neighborhood, educate people on a building, educate people on the market or what the market is doing today. There's so much that you can do. It's giving that, giving that content and that sort of value. A hundred percent. And I think that's even better than just putting a listing up there that may or may not, you know, appeal to somebody. It's like, okay, but Educate them in your industry or what you know about your industry that maybe they need to know I, I or want to know. I struggle with the idea that I'm seeing all these people with 15 million, 150 million. And, and honestly, that's just not my business. It's not mine either. And, it's, and <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard to kind of just remind myself mm-hmm. I'm enough. Well, you have to show up sometimes. <laughs> and, and, I, and I love the listings that I have because honestly, 99.9% of them – the story is behind the deal with that with that person who is a part of my life for a decade or however long. Um, I don't do a lot of new business. I do primarily relational business, and that is much more valuable than a fifty million dollar piece of property. A hundred percent, Joanne. You wrote in your book, acting coached, uh, acting coach. And white it out here. Uh, oh, um, what's his name? Uh, the big famous acting coach. Uh, Strauss. Strauss, thank you. It, it, oh, yeah. It disappeared. Well, anyway, he believed that an, uh, an actor needed to get inside the head of their character mm-hmm. so they could better understand them. He developed seven fundamental questions he thought needed to be asked when approaching a character. Mm-hmm. What are those questions? We don't have to get into all that. But in order to get your story straight, I think was the point of your mm-hmm. piece in the book there. It, it's going to be necessary for each and every one of us to get into our own heads before we can then get our story straight and then get whatever that means, story straight postings and whatever. And it's never easy. Mm-mm. So I, I did a little bit of acting when I was when younger and I remember that, you know, the directors and stuff saying, you got to get into that character's head. And I thought, I'm 19. What do I know about that? Mm-hmm. But I get it. Mm-hmm. Right. So how do you do that in our world today? In our world, you have to take the time. To, that's why I wrote that book, is so that people would sit down. And, and it's take a workbook, by the way. It's take, a great book. Take the time to twice. actually ask these, answer these questions for themselves, because no one wants to do it, and no one really wants to do it. And the way out of fear of understanding or finding out who they are, not knowing who they are, it's you know, it's it's you know, it, you everyone in here clearly has gone through that. You you have a really sense of a good sense of who you are, and you seem to too. He's St. Patrick sitting over there so quietly, but. Um, <laughs> The more I know who I am, the easier it is for me to be me. And that's really what it comes down to. So right. now we have these tools that we can show who we are and we can use them for our businesses and not just for our personal 
our personal life, but it's it's really like, who am I? What do I do? Why do I like this? What are my interests? And use it. This, I don't know if that makes sense to you. That's yeah. part of what your story is. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not, um, you're not writing your biography here. It's just understanding what the pieces are. You're actually make, living it. You're living it. <laughs> and what, make, what makes you, you, and why is Patrick going to be a better real estate a- agent for me than Joe Schmo, who's out standing outside the door someplace? You know, because, well, you know, I kind of like, I like what he says. There's, but that's through that's personal it. insight. That is through personal insight exactly. and somebody to being yourself. vulnerable mm-hmm. and authentic and trustworthy. Oh, and. Well, trust is, and the, the latest Edelman study, again, is like trust is at an all-time low. So you have the ability in these cases to use whatever, however you're going to present your personal brand to build trust. And, and like, I will someone, just... You know, I like her. I like her. She, there's something about her. her that tells me I should trust her. And our radar for what's not authentic is, well, is up there. Yeah, we, we know... Especially in this industry, we can see that, you know, a lot, see of, right lot, of, a lot of wonderful... Agents in, in this in the city in in our industry, uh, and there are a handful can, that are not. And you can see you can see through, yeah, the no, BS. You you can, and I always say authenticity in anything, even if you're outside of the real mm-hmm. estate realm that we all play in. But but just being an authentic person, I think, opens you up to being that much more creative, that much more knowledgeable, and and being able to better communicate that mm-hmm. trust. Okay, you trust mm-hmm. people who you really believe in. You can't believe in anyone unless they are authentic. I mean, th- this is just my motto, mm-hmm. but I think that every time I see this word and I yell about it all the it's time overused. when I'm teaching, it's overused, but, but I it's think you got to get the message out there. I will I will just it should be instinctive, yeah. I mm-hmm. hope, but it isn't. Okay. When when I uh teach continuing education, I tell people about, I'm the first thing I say is I close my eyes. I said, like, everybody close your eyes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, this is me walking down the street in the 19, late eighties, early 90, 90s. And I had on green cowboy boots, a unitard with shoulder pads and, and a prairie skirt. <laughs> and I made $8,400 my first year in real estate. And all I can say is that Literally, I used to do creative visualization. I mean, whatever it is to figure out who you are, you do you do it. And so when I and and when I would talk about money, my accent will get really, really thick because I was very insecure talking about money. But it still happens. Five billion dollars later of real estate that I've sold. And that's just who I am. So I think that being exactly who you are, where you are, and owning it is so powerful that you don't have to be here. You have to be in a process and a journey. And if you mm-hmm. ever stop learning, then you stop living. And so I think that's part of one of the messaging. I'm right there that, with you. Stay curious because that's that's the, mm-hmm. um, when you stop being curious. That's but that's the attraction. That is what people are attracted to. That's why your authenticity, why we're all attracted to you, your generosity, your, uh, I just think that is your brand. What uh, Weezy and I saw uh, a, a talk with uh, Barbara Corcoran last night uh, at Fordham. Um, remind me what she said about never giving up or or keep coming her ability, back for more. Her ability, she's you know, for her her obstacles, you know, she would say her best strength is that she knew how to 
pick people, nope. number about, one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And number two, she knew how to stand back up. That's it. Stand back so up. So I, I said that, you know, I mean, again, she and I share. My son picked up her daughter in Fire Island at the beach when he was like six. And my son is dyslexic. So Started is her son. <laughs> and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I only make dyslexic kids. And, <laughs> and, and you know, it was very important for me to... Teach my children that, you know, you are divinely created and your imperfections will be your greatest power if you allow yourself to own them. And anyway, my point about Barbara is that, you know, she told we, she cooked. We ended up going to her house to cook dinner and she was saying, you know, I think my greatest gift unconsciously was that I always wanted to put people out of the box. I didn't want to put them in the box. And that is a great, as a, as a leader, mm-hmm. it's so important for me to think about that. Um, I try to be generous with my information, but sometimes I think I have to be careful not to box them in because my way is like such a roundabout way of getting there. Um, Anyway, so I just she she says get back, back in, stand, stand back, back up. up is what what really and she said it a couple of times throughout her talk mm-hmm. with Bess and I'm thinking I never really thought about it that way. Yeah, think of all like, the rejections that right. we live in our industry more more than any other industry actually because and, we're rejected all the time. Every day. Sad for yeah. us. And and how you handle that. <laughs> No, it's not. Yeah, I, I don't. But think but we have a little more opportunity, I think, because we deal with so many more people, you know, in a week or a day or whatever, that the rejection can be strong. But yes, of course, it's all over the place. And if you're just starting out and you see rejection every day, and it's that's, hard. Do I quit? The I, biggest no. I think the the biggest uh, nugget of advice you can give to someone starting out is to get back up on that mm-hmm. horse right. every single time you fall off. Because eventually it will and it will statistic, pay off. Statistic, statistically speaking, if you throw more stuff up against the wall, Something's you have more like like likely to be successful. Oh, 100%. And the spaghetti, um, was it the spaghetti wall, whatever sticking throw, right sticking to the wall? I mean, it, it's so true. But she said it in such a way that it really hit home. It hit home for me anyway. Because I she just, tied a story to it. Yeah. Her business partner. Yeah. She tied a story yeah. to having one of 10 kids and how do you get attention? How do you get attention from I your parents? Know, I didn't know that about her. I forgot about that. She's an yeah. incredible yeah. story. I, I've heard her speak. And oh, she's yeah. fantastic. And she's great. But she, you uh, also bring up a good point too on how you can use story as well is using story to make a point. Yeah. And she took a part of her story there to make that point. And that's another way that you can use that on social media to drive mm-hmm. things. I, or any place in person. I use it all the time. I also tell everyone, I, I moved to New York City with 800 bucks in my pocket. I moved oh, bless you. 17 times in three years. I didn't have a, I couldn't afford a, a, my own apartment. I came here to dance and I have a degree in special education. So how is it that I'm so fulfilled in what I do in real estate thinking it was actually That's architecture and, right. you know, but it's really the business of people. So if you mm-hmm. love people, this is an amazing opportunity for someone. And I was in sales all of my life, technology, sales, IBM, whatever, before I became a real estate agent. And I agree with that hundred percent. That's why I'm in this industry because I love people. And people are difficult and people are complicated and people can make you pull your hair out. But I love them, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we do. And so if you are authentic and if you keep coming back because you're standing up again because somebody is shooting at you or knocking you over or whatever, not always easy, mm-hmm. but it, it works. And, you know, she was very I, I thought she was really good last night. But it, translating that into, you know, a good social media presence, 
I hope that that all comes through when you're looking at certain people, right? Mm -hmm. You say, well, as you say, oh, well, you're you're genuine or you're this or you're that or that person's a little bit phony. You know, every time they post something that's not authentic or whatever it is, you can kind of smell that along, mm-hmm. you know, way down the road. I can. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, keywords that you use in your content, keywords that you use in your story being authentic makes you stand out among the crowd. As I started earlier, with 35,000 agents in this town, how the hell are you going to be remembered, right? Mm. What is it about you that is so important? I mean, New York City is New York City, but, you know, we all know everybody, but there are so many others out there that we don't know, and they're all running around trying to do the same thing that we're doing, less experience, you know, whatever, and they're trying to take, you know, some of the business that we or I believe, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but using social media, I mean, I'm a huge believer and advocate of social media. Finding your, your yourself. I have a love-hate relationship with it, and I teach it, but. No, no, going. no, I, I get that. But, I mean, find yourself, mm-hmm. understand how you want to brand yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't come easy. And then use the tools that we have. I mean, for heaven's sakes, 20 years ago when I started in this business, we didn't even have websites. Right. Right. Barbara Corcoran's, uh, the Corcoran Group started the first website that- URL. Okay, she talked about that last night. Bottom line is we had none of that stuff. These things were, you know, they're around, but not what they are today. You ran to pay phones to, to do whatever you had to do. It's like, come on now. They were this Look at where big. we are 20 years, <laughs> yeah. 20 years later, mm-hmm. in fact, it was one on the Upper West Side on West End Avenue, I don't know, last year, every time I would drive by in a cab, they had an old payphone right on the, the west side of the street. I'm like, wow, look at that. Yeah. Bring them back. But anyway, no, thank so you. if you use it properly, if you use it efficiently, I think, look, this is just me, okay, I think it can be very helpful. I've gotten clients from it. We, we all said before mm-hmm. we've gotten clients from it. And they're not necessarily you know, short term, like right away, right away. Mm-hmm. Some, you know, they'll start talking to you. They'll start, you know, asking questions. And then maybe when they're ready to do something, not unlike 15 years ago, I put an ad in the Hamptons magazine on a listing I had in New York, right, in the city. And so we always used to say about magazines, their shelf life. So this magazine with my photo and my listing or whatever sat on this man's coffee table out in East Hampton for two years before he called me. And when he did call me, he said, you know, I saved that magazine because, you know, when I'm ready, when I was ready to buy an apartment in New York, I'm going to call you because I like this listing. I like whatever he said. I don't remember. It's a long time ago. I said, okay, whatever. He called. And the first time we met to, to start looking at stuff, he, he brought the magazine. It was like 17 years earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, I remember that. Right. You don't know. And social media can be shelf life also. Well, okay. In a different way. Not necessarily, but, you know, there's not a long shelf life in social media. But unless you have, a, unless you, it's coming up in a search. Right. Well, that's hashtag. And that's changing right now, too. So. But people see this stuff and people say, when I'm ready, and that happened to be twice, actually, somebody in New mm-hmm. Jersey and somebody um, in the Hamptons. And mm-hmm. two times, very successful sales. Why not? What you, one thing I do want to, and I know we're probably running out of we time are. here, but um, is that Always. I want to make sure is that people do need to have a website too. You need, that's the one because you're renting. Think anything you do, 
anything you're doing on social media, you're renting space. Yeah, absolutely. And you still want to have that place that's just yours, that isn't necessarily just your real estate brokerage, because what if you change houses, then you yeah, stuff for a store. Sure. So that, and that everything is being linked back to each other so that people can find you. That's true. I, I, I did I did a website outside of, of our company. And um, I did look yours up. I did uh, you did? Very well. Well, well, I will say this, that I, I have, I, I had my nonprofit for 28 years and educational for her inner city kids. And I had one of my clients and I only found this out. We closed last June, but I only found out, you know, we had an anonymous $25,000 donation for a music program that was a client that just saw a story that me talking about That's a the kid. Best. And so it doesn't have to be about business. No. Because you also give people the opportunity to know exactly what difference they can make mm -hmm. in the world that you you are have invested yourself in. It, it, it's so true. But I think all of these things can set us aside from the next person. Competition is fierce in our industry, just like it is in any other industry. But there's enough room for everyone. Of course. There's enough room for everyone, which I believe should be the message that we end with today because it's so true. There's but to, enough. It doesn't in, matter to, what you To do. that point, though, you can have a, a million followers, have solid branding, but if you're not good, then you're... Or genuine. Followers, or genuine. followers mean nothing. I know, it's, but I do it's, think it's, it's a terrible metric. I do think there are, the there are some young, young people coming metric. into the industry and say, oh, I have a million followers on Instagram. I'm going yeah. to kill it. And then they don't necessarily realize that it actually is. It takes work, baby. Work. There's no engagement. That's the metric. Well, let me, let me ask. I just thought of something based on what Patrick just said. You know, just quickly, we only have a minute left or so. But what these in, Instagram or, in, well, Influence. social media influencers, Influence. mm -hmm. what, I, what is that about? It's oh, well, that's a whole other conversation. Are making We're, lots and lots and lots of money, but what do they do for work? And what's going to happen when they're forty years old? Well, see. that's a whole other conversation. I mean, I'm not against it. But I really, yeah, things I'm are changing right now. There is this, and I will leave it with this: is that in Axios had an article about it. I think yesterday is that there is now what they're calling the de-influencers, which are <laughs> literally telling people what not to buy. Because people are getting so overloaded with it. So you just take what you need and leave the rest, baby. There you go. I, not that I'm against it. I'm just fascinated <laughs> On that by note, the whole thing. Drop the mic. <laughs> Done. All right. Anyway, if you want to buy other books from Joanne other than cre getting your personal brand story straight, she's written The Secrets They Keep, They Kept. It Takes an Egg Timer. Mm, I think I missed that one. A Guide to Creating the Time of Your Life. And she writes a blog, One Woman's Eyes. And my so podcast. Did you mention my podcast, Marketing Mindfulness oh, Mar Martinis. And well, I have a podcast, Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. And if anything, I can, love the title, but it's a great that. podcast. It's fabulous. And the title came because I asked my students for help. Otherwise, I needed perspective. My, title, my titles were too boring. My students said, you need something more. With shake more it up, babe. In <laughs> fact, shake up that martini. Shake it exactly. All right. Unfortunately, that's our show for today. Thank you all for joining us. Joanne, Ian, Patrick, Louise. Great to see you, and thank you for being here on set with me. I love that. You can follow me on Twitter, on Facebook, or Instagram, at Vince Rocco, or my website, thinkvince.com. Shoot for the moon, everyone, even if you miss, you'll land among the stars. And for all of us, and to you all around the world, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. 
Thanks so much for listening to Marketing Mindfulness and Martinis. If you liked what you heard, please share with your friends. Give us a rating on iTunes or Spotify so other people can find us and hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode. If you've got a question you'd like answered or a topic you'd like me to cover, please drop me a note. Info at joannetombrakis.com. And until next time, remember, whatever got you to where you are isn't enough to keep you there.